and turn with me to the book of Ruth, the Old Testament book of Ruth. Ruth. I have entitled this sermon, How to Ruin Your Life One Decision at a Time. One Decision at a Time. This is going to be hard to read, my friends. There's some difficult things going on in this story. But it is a wonderful picture of the providence of God who brings light into darkness. Ruth chapter 1. You know, when I was a wee lad, my parents would discipline me. And this involved both instruction and various kinds of punishment. Use your imagination. Both were meant to shape me into a man of character. To show me the way to live, the path to follow. But the problem was that my parents didn't know everything I did all of the time. <laughs> and so what I learned to do was to be more secretive in my rebellion. <laughs> you know, don't let mom and dad know. Yeah. And so they could only discipline me to what they knew. But the thing about God is God knows everything. My mom would remind me by saying, be sure your sin will find you out. And that is certainly the word of God from Numbers uh, chapter 32 and 23. Easy to remember that way. Same numbers, just reversed. 32 and 23. Yeah, the Lord disciplines his children. And for the same reason, to bring us back to following him, to trusting in him, to obeying him, because this is the life of blessing. Discipline. Nobody likes that. Any kid that ever had the opportunity to vote, should we have discipline in our house or not, would have voted no. And what kind of world would it be if there was no discipline? Think of it, my friends. Think of it. At times, his discipline was quite severe, talking about the Lord and his people. I mean, we know the Bible. We are family Bible church. We know about Noah. We know that God would put up with sin no longer and save for a family and a boatload of animals. He drowned the whole world. And so we come to Ruth chapter 1, we see a very similar kind of discipline going on. That God is at work, not because he's angry and petty and just knows that he can make someone's life miserable. Discipline is an act of love. Spanking a child is only love if it's for the right reason and anger ain't one of them. So when we begin our study in the book of Ruth, we, we have this great advantage to know the context of the book. Because as you know, a text without a context is a pretext. Notice here in verse 1, we read, In the days when the judges ruled, there was famine in the land. And that statement comes with a boatload full of information to help us understand the time in which this takes place. We see it's in the day when the judges ruled. 
and we know our Bible, we know the foundational books, Genesis, Exodus, Numbers, Joshua, Judges. What's going on? Joshua, we know, God used to lead the people of God into the land. You know, it wasn't just chapter 6 and the big walls fell down. There was a whole lot of battle going on. And you see, here's how it worked. God didn't say, you all take a nap and I'll take care of this. You know, you, you wake up and all of the enemies are gone. No, he said this. You are going to go in and take this. And I will give you the ability to overcome all of these people. You see, part of it was judgment on these people. The reason that God had brought up these people into this land. They were a wicked, wicked people. One of the descriptions used of these people is they made their children walk through the fire. Or pass through the fire. They didn't walk. They offered their children as sacrifices to demons, my friends. Wicked, wicked people. And so when we come to the book of Judges... And we find in chapter 1, they didn't do what God told them to do. Chapter 1 is one list after another of one of the cities or the peoples that were in the land that the people never chased out. They never overcame them. And it wasn't because they didn't have the ability. They had the grace and power of God working in them. They just refused to do it. And you know what that's called? That's called partial obedience. But hear me when I say partial obedience is disobedience. Doing part of it, my friends, is if that's not what God has called you to do, it's disobedience. And so they left people in the land. And these people were nothing but a thorn up their fingernails for 330 years as these judges lived. In the time of the judges marked by partial obedience and marked by idolatry. I mean, in Judges chapter 2, in verse 11, we read, And the people of Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. And they joined in these people, and they served the Baals. You know why God wanted them out? Because of their influence. They will drag you down, and they did. And they abandoned the Lord, the God of their fathers, who had brought them out of the land of Egypt. And they went after other gods from among the gods of the peoples who were around them. And bowed down to them. And they provoked the Lord to anger. And they abandoned the Lord and served the Baals and the Ashtaroths. So the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel. And he gave them over to plunderers who plundered them. And he sold them into the hand of their surrounding enemies so that they could no longer withstand their enemies. And whenever they marched out, the hand of the Lord was against them for harm, as the Lord had warned and as the Lord had sworn. And they were in terrible distress. You see, they were eating the fruit of their disobedience, my friend. The consequences of their sin. This is how you want to live. This is what you experience. See, God will never leave you at peace in your sin. 
Never. He will never do it. If you are walking away from the Lord and you are at peace and everything is going great, my question to you is, are you really one of the Lord's children? Because the book of Hebrews says, the Lord disciplines whom he loves. It's an act of love, my friend. So it was a time marked by idolatry and a time marked by foolishness. The summation of the whole book of Judges in which we find ourselves in this time for Ruth sums up the whole book with this phrase, everyone did what was right in his own eyes. Imagine this, God had given them his word, his perfect law, live this way and you will know my blessing and my power and my goodness and my kindness and my joy. Yeah, but the neighbors got Xbox. I mean, let's go worship with those guys. You know, they got temple prostitutes and everything. What a shame. What a shame. This is the time in which Ruth lives. And finally here we see that it is a time of discipline. You see, from the beginning, you may have forgotten it by now, in the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. And famine was bells and, and lights flashing and dinging and, hey, guess what? This is result of God's discipline. Whenever there was famine, whenever rain was withheld, it was one of the markers that the Lord said, when you see this happening, it's time to repent. See, in Deuteronomy chapter 11, one of the reasons to read the law, my friends, is you understand what God was expecting for the people of two-thirds of the Bible. The Old Testament is two-thirds of revealed scripture. Better to know it. But in Deuteronomy 11, by the way, you know how I remember that? See those 11s like raindrops falling. We do what we do to remember what we need to remember, right? Deuteronomy 11, verse 10, for the land that you are entering to take possession of, it's not like the land of Egypt from which you have come, where you sowed your seed and irrigated it. You know, they had the river. They had all of these wonderful places. It was uh, like a garden of vegetables. But the land that you are going over to possess is a land of hills and valleys, which drinks water by the rain from heaven, and a land that the Lord your God cares for. The eyes of the Lord your God are always upon it from the beginning of the year to the end of the year. And if you will indeed obey my commandments that I command to you today to love the Lord your God and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul, he will give you the rain for your land in its season, the early rains and the latter rains that you may gather in your grain and your wine and your oil. And he will give you grass in your fields for your livestock. And you shall eat and be full. That sound like famine to you? Yeah. See, the key word there was if. And so what we know is by every testimony from judges here in Deuteronomy, they weren't. They were not obeying God. And when I want to get somebody's attention, take away their food. Take away their sleep. Yeah. Think about that stuff all day long. What is going on in my world? 
Why am I in bed for 10 hours and I get three hours of sleep? Hmm. Something must be going on. I don't know about you, but when some kind of change like that comes into my life, the first question I ask, is God getting my attention about something? Is there an area in my life in which I have been careless? Is this God's way of saying, hey, pal, it's time to come back. Turn away from that sin. Don't you do that? What's God doing right now? Hmm. Well, how do you respond to God's discipline? Have you ever experienced God's discipline? God working in your life, chopping things up, mixing things, nothing seems to work well. And you just know it's the Lord, and you know because the Spirit of God has highlighted that sin in your life. How do you respond to such things? Some blame others. Well, you know whose fault this is. I never would have done that if it weren't for, you know, and we want to blame other people. <laughs> Still, others will deny it's actually God's discipline. No, I'm just having a run of bad luck. Anybody here believe in luck? No. The right way to respond to the discipline of God is to repent and to be reconciled. Confess your sin to him. Seek his forgiveness and he will give it every time. Make it right, my friends. So it is a time of terrible circumstances as we have seen and belabored the point almost. And when we come to verse, uh, the end of verse 1, we see that these terrible circumstances are followed by some really terrible choices. And this is a real danger when you're not quick to repent. You tend to make choices that just make things worse. Notice here. In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land, and a man of Bethlehem in Judah went to sojourn in the country of Moab. Moab. Ah, there's the plan. Well, if things are so tough here in Israel, well, let's just leave. And there's his plan. We'll go join the Gentiles. And so he and his wife and his two sons split town, my friends. And the name of the man was Elimelech. There's some irony in that name right there. Here's the guy running away instead of finding repentance. This man's name, Eli, means my God, and Melech means king. His very name says, my God is king. But he didn't want to serve him. Oh, no, I just go where it's easy. So the name of the man was Elimelech, and the name of his wife was Naomi, and the names of his two sons were Malon and Kilion. And they were Ephrathites from Bethlehem and Judah, and they went into the country of Moab and remained there. But Elimelech, the husband of Naomi, died. You remember the, the uh, letter that Paul wrote to the church at Corinth? And when he talked to them about the Lord's Supper, he said, some of you aren't paying close attention here. And because of your sin, some of you are sick. And even others have died, including 
part of the discipline of God may include death. Imagine that. Now we're going to cut off this negative influence on the church. And so here is Elimelech. I know what I can do. Run away. But sure enough, he's dead. Yeah, bad choices running away from God's discipline. And so the husband of Naomi died, and she was left with her two sons. We, uh, up till this point, haven't been giving any kind of information about how old these guys are. You know, were they like toddlers? No, because the next verse we see these, these, these two sons, took Moabite wives. So now they're marrying the Gentiles. Boy, they are just immersing in this culture. Bad idea. The name of one was Orpah and the name of the other Ruth. And they lived there about 10 years. Both Malon and Kilion died. What does God need to do to get your attention? Always starts with his word, a gentle call, a whisper in your ear, turn away from that sin, return to me. And then it moves on higher from there. So now dad is dead, and now the two sons are gone. So they had married these two women, and now Malon and Kilion are died. So the women was, was left without her two sons and her husband. Things are getting worse here, my friends. Terrible is the key word here. Terrible circumstances. Terrible choices. And you know what happens when you live in under terrible circumstances and you make terrible choices? You become a terrible witness. And that's what happens here in verses 6 to 22. She was a terrible witness to those outside of the faith. Here are these two Gentile gals. Well, here's a great opportunity now as they are mourning. Maybe we can teach them about the Lord, the God of creation, the God who made the nation of Israel, brought them out of Egypt with a strong hand, and has provided for them a good land in which he cares for them. No, that's not what she did. You will notice here that she arose with her daughters-in-law to return from the country of Moab, for she had heard in the fields of Moab that the Lord had visited the people and given them food. The time of discipline was over. So she set out from that place where she was with her two daughters-in-law, and they went on the way to return to the land of Judah. But Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go, each of you, to your mother's house. May the Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and with me. And the Lord grant that you may find rest, each of you in the house with, of her husband. Then she kissed them, and they lifted up their voices, and they wept, like women tend to do in songs. You know that. We all know that. There isn't a person in here who hasn't done that. <sighs> Sadness and departure. But what she did is she sent them back to the idol-worshiping community. 
There's no thought that perhaps the Lord has brought me into their life in order that I could make a difference and draw them into the community of faith. No, you, you guys just go home, find a husband. So she sent them back to her idol-worshiping people. And then we'll notice here in verse 10, she offered no hope among the people of God. Verse 10, and they said to her, no, we will return with you to your people. <laughs> well, they just seem ripe for this, don't they? No, we'll go back with you. Ah, oh, what an opportunity this is. But Naomi said, turn back, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Have I yet some sons in my womb that they may become your husbands? Turn back, my daughters. Go your way, for I am too old to have a husband. And if I should say I have hope, even if I should have a husband this night and should bear sons, would you therefore wait till they're grown? Would you therefore refrain from marrying? No, my daughters, for is it exceedingly bitter to me for your sake that the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. Hmm. Just go back to your own lifestyle, your own people. Maybe you too can have children that you'll sacrifice to some demonic idol. And so we see here in verse 14, Orpah went home. Then they lifted up their voices and wept all over again, and Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. And she said, see, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Imagine how lost in her mind must she be to send people to demonic, oh my goodness, returned after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said to her, Do not urge me to leave you or to return from following you. For where you go, I will go. And where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people will be my people and your God my God. And where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. May the Lord do so to me. Now look at this. May the Lord, she is using the covenant name of the God of Israel. May the Lord, swearing in his name, do to me and more also, if anything but death puts me from you. So here is Ruth. What's wrong with this gal anyway? Could it be that maybe the Lord is drawing her to this place? Could it possibly be? that God uses even the rebellion of some believers in order to draw someone else to himself? The answer is yes. God, God can use anything. God uses evil, the evil wickedness of man to draw people to himself. He uses the righteous and their model life before them to draw him. God draws people to himself. And I would suggest to you that's what's happening here. God sovereignly at work. You might say, why? Why, why is a book written about this one person? Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. 
But for this morning, we see, she's not only a terrible witness to those outside the faith, she was a terrible witness toward the people of God. Notice with me, if you will, in verse 18. And when Naomi saw that she was determined to go with her, she said no more. So the two of them went on their way until they came to Bethlehem. And when they came to Bethlehem, the whole city, the whole town was stirred because of them. And the women says, is this Naomi? We thought she was gone. Yeah. So they seem intrigued by the return. <laughs> but notice Naomi's response. Yes, God has been good to me, though I rebelled. No, it doesn't start like that, friends. She said to them, do not call me Naomi, which means pleasant. No, call me Mara, which means bitter. Hmm. Response to the discipline of God. Repentance, my friends, will make you stronger. Restore the joy to your soul. But to fight against it will make you bitter. She said, no, no, call me bitter. You know why I'm bitter? Because of the Lord, that's why. Oh, the Lord doesn't bring joy. No, no, no. Look at this. For the Almighty has dealt with me very bitterly. And I went away full, and the Lord has brought me back empty. Because Ruth ain't nothing, right? <laughs> if you know the story, my friends, every one of these things amazes me. And I hope that you will read through this book when you get home today. It's a short one. Why call me Naomi when the Lord has testified against me and the Almighty has brought calamity upon me? And so Naomi returned. And Ruth the Moabite, her daughter-in-law, with her, who returned from the country of Moab, and they came to Bethlehem, the beginning of the barley harvest. And that just sets the stage for the good things to come. God is good. He is kind and compassionate. And this is an encouraging story, as dark as it is in the beginning. The light will burn bright by the time we get to the end. What do we learn from this? Well, what we learn is that God's discipline is an act of love for your good. And our sermon in a sentence... It is from Proverbs 28, 13. He who covers his sin will not prosper, but whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. Perhaps you are sitting in your seat going, is he talking about me? Somebody been talking to this guy? Maybe it's the Spirit of God, my friends. Maybe you're sitting here today and you're well aware that there's sin in your life and you know now the right thing to do is to confess it to the Lord, knowing that he will have mercy. Can't cover it. You will not prosper, my friends. But whoever confesses and forsakes, of them he will have mercy. You see, those whom I love, the Lord says, I reprove and discipline, so be zealous and repent. What does repentance mean anyway? 
means to turn the other direction. If you are walking away from the Lord, turn now to him. So some counsel for all of us. Maybe you're not there today, but when you are, know this. It is a wise thing to daily search your heart. Search your heart every day. You know that when you set your timer to remind you to pray every day, one of the things that ought to be included in that is a time of searching your heart. Lord, is there any sin in me? Is there any wicked way in me? Lord, show me that I might turn from it. Open my eyes, help me to understand. Search your hearts, my friend, and if you discover that there be any wicked way in you, confess it. By the way, you know what that word confess means? You know, we watch too many movies from the 70s, you know. Confess! Okay, I did it! <laughs> That's not what we're talking about here. The, the, the Greek word homologeo is the, the word that is translated confess. And what it means is to say the same thing, to be in agreement with God about our sin. You see, up until then, we did what was right in our own eyes. Now we come into agreement with what God says. That is confession. That is con He who covers his sin, my friend, will not prosper. But whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. And ask. Ask for forgiveness. Friends, I hope that you have learned by now because I say this over and over and over again because I find it to be true. We have been careless in our relationships in that we've, we've believed that saying sorry is enough. Little grandkids, you know, and they just whack one another. Sorry! Oh, well, <laughs> hey, that's good. That ain't some magic spell that makes everything right. You confess your sin. I have wronged you, Lord. I have dishonored your name. I have shamed your name among the Gentiles, God, because, because of my sin. Please forgive me. Will you forgive me? If Melanie had a nickel for every time I have said that to her, she'd drive a better car. <laughs> yeah. Will you forgive me? Those are the words. It is, a, it is a position of humility. Will you forgive me? Will you release me of the sin and the harm that I have caused you? Will you forgive me? Ask for forgiveness. And then let's not forget this one. Seek forgiveness from those whom you have harmed. If there is someone that you have harmed and the Spirit of God may have just brought someone to mind, I don't know. Go make it right. I have done this to you or I should have done this and I failed. Will you forgive me? Changes everything, friends. The whole, sorry, ain't cutting it. Make it right. Make it right. Well, it appears that I'm out of notes, so we're done. 
very, very important that we take these things to heart. As we understand in God's kindness and his love for us, he will do whatever it takes to turn our hearts. Don't make it be much, my friends. Keep short accounts with the Lord. Make it right.